Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Three. Two, one, it's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say, the B-A-Q-A with Manday, the B-A-Q-A, and Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, A, oh, thank you, Brandis, for helping me with that. I kind of feel like you're one of those, now you're just like a recurring guest on Brown Ambition and our audience, <laughs> B-A fam, we have, <laughs> I feel like a third sister. It co-host. Well, Brandis Daniel is back in the stew with us because the gems that she is able to drop y'all are just unlimited. And now that we are brand new best friends, I have invited her again to the BA couch to take some of y'all's questions. Yes. If you have not yet listened to the OG episode with Brandis Daniels, what are you waiting for? Please go. She is the founder of Harlem Fashion Row. She has an incredible book, a beautiful work of art and a labor of love, 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 a labor, a labor of love called Fashion in Color Volume 1, and there will be more. So go get yours now that you can pick up. Also check out Brandis Daniels on IG. Brandis Daniel, sorry, adding an S to your name as you do. If you're black, it's Kroger's, not Kroger. <laughs> right. We know. Brandis Daniel on IG. Check out her podcast, Fashion in Color, and all the incredible work that she does. But when we set aside all that normal stuff that you do when you're interviewing someone fantastic on a show, which is typically like talk about how brilliant they are and all the brilliant things they've achieved, we kind of cut through all that BS when it comes to brown ambition because we want to get to the sauce. We want to understand the recipe. How did you get to where you are? And one of the gems that you dropped or little nuggets you dropped in our our first episode, Brandis, was that you had sort of been thinking when you started HFR that it may be a nonprofit. And I want to hear a little bit of background on how you decided, okay, this is not a nonprofit, it's a business. And then we're going to take a question from VAQA because it's very in line with, I think, the same crossroads that you were at with HFR. Yeah, Mandy, I feel like when we say we want to do something to help other people, we assume that it has to be a nonprofit. And mm -hmm. so my original thought was, I want to make sure that we're supporting Black designers, that we're putting them out there. Um, so it needs to be a nonprofit. And I was working with a business coach at the time, and he kept challenging me on this. He kept saying, why do you want a nonprofit? Why, why could this business not be a business with a purpose? Mm. Why can't you just do good and still make a profit? Um, because Brandis, when you build a successful business, what that does is it helps our community. You're able to hire people like that is also giving back in a different type of way. And so I 
after years of fighting it, finally decided, okay, this is going to be a business. And honestly, it was one of the best decisions I could have made. I eventually did start a nonprofit, but I'm so happy that I set HFR up as a business first. And why is that? You know, because I think that A, I wouldn't have had as much space to really explore my ideas. When you have a nonprofit, there is a board Mm. that everything needs to be approved through. Um, I was able to try a lot of things out Mm. and quit a lot of things through Harlem's Fashion Row. Um, I also personally needed the skill of really building a business. So we built HFR from basically like $500 to a few million dollars um, business. And the skill set that you get from that process of actually building a profitable business um, can then benefit you if you want to later go and start a nonprofit. I just feel like I would have mm. looked at a nonprofit very differently. For example, when we launched our nonprofit, our first donation was a million dollar donation from Vogue and the CFDA. Because of the relationships you built with your business. With the business. But also I was I understood what it what it looked like, right? How to manage a million dollars through the business. And because mm. brands saw the level of work that we were doing, they trusted us to give us that mm. level of donation. Holy and so sometimes, crap. well, that's amazing. It allowed me to think a lot bigger about, you know, our next donation was five hundred thousand from Gap Inc., and then they donated another five hundred thousand. So I feel like building the business mm. helped to prepare my mindset for what it would take to actually run a nonprofit. Oof. Okay. I'm so, so glad that one of our BA fans submitted this question. I feel like we've been, we never want to answer questions that we don't feel like we can't give like a big, juicy, you know, good, substantial answer to. And the reality is that Tiff and I don't have nonprofits. So when I got this question from Patricia, hi, Patricia, gosh, I hope that it's not too late. You did send this question this year. So (laughs) I hope that you're listening. If not, I'm going to find your email and I will make sure you know which episode we answered it on. But Patricia has a business question, and I think you're the perfect, perfect um, guest to answer it. So let me jump on into Patricia's question, okay? Patricia says, I've been listening to Brown Ambition, and y'all have started to discuss or you have been discussing the pros and cons of starting a nonprofit. I just started a nonprofit organization in January. But after listening to your podcast, I'm wondering if I should have started a for profit instead. I am still in the process of setting up the business. I've established a line of credit and a credit card in the business's name. My question is, can I change from a nonprofit to a for-profit organization? Should I? What are the pros and cons? Thank you, Patricia. Okay. So having some regrets about going the nonprofit route versus the for-profit route, but we don't know too much about what kind of business she has or anything like that. So feel free to, you know, to, to riff on that. I I feel like she knows the answer. (laughs) I think that <laughs> she knows the answer um, that it should be a business, whatever it is that she's mm. doing. And, you know, one of the things that um, when you set your nonprofit up, you have to set it up as a business first and then you get your 501c3. So I don't okay. think that is going to be that big of a challenge 
for you to go from a, and I could be wrong on this, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge from you to, for you to go from a nonprofit to a, um, to a for-profit business, especially if you've only been doing this for a year. I would highly mm-hmm. recommend though, to speak to a nonprofit specialist, maybe also speak to a tax accountant um, to find out like if there's anything there, but your business is, is already set up because you had to do that in order to build out the nonprofit. Um, I think my question would be too, why a nonprofit and not a business? Um, mm-hmm. Is it that, you know, most of the people who you're going to be getting revenue from that they want to have give you tax deductible dollars? Cause that could be it. Sometimes like if she's wanting um, to work more with uh, kind of like the nonprofit arms of companies. And so she wants them to be able to give her that that tax, if they want to be able to get that tax write off. Maybe that's why she's thinking about a nonprofit. Well, um, she wants that five hundred k from Gap Inc. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like, really, it's 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 managing that. But you know, we we give most of it away. I also think, what does she want personally? Um, mm. That's really important. What type of autonomy does she want? Because with nonprofit dollars. You really have to be um, really transparent on every dollar that you spend that comes from a brand. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you might want to spend money on things that you test out. You might want to do some beta testing. Um, and, And a company, like just a company, gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah. Then you get to be like a, it's almost like you get that space as a startup founder. To be, you know, that old adage of like, we built this in a garage, just like, you know, you think of the old vision of an entrepreneur and, you know, bringing that to the modern age, you really can be you alone with your ideas, trying some things, maybe not spending money like with the, you know, investing in certain things and investing in certain ideas early without the feedback of it's great to have advisors, right? And to have thought partners, but sometimes you have to learn to like trust your own voice, you yes. know, before you're ready to get that advice from Absolutely. other people. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, one of the things that my, my coach said to me, he said, Brandis, if you build a successful business, the nonprofit will be so much easier to run. And he was mm-hmm. so right about that. So the gap relationship okay. came from the business relationship. The, the Vogue and CFDA donation came from the business relationship. Um, hmm. So I was able to take everything that I had done in business and use that credibility for the nonprofit. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology, it's going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So talk to me about when you knew, okay, I've reached a certain level with Harlem Fashion Row. And did we mention the book, Fashion and Color? You can get that yes. right now, wherever books are sold. <laughs> Which, by the way, website. part of the proceeds from the Fashion and Color book goes to our nonprofit, Icon 360. I read that. And HBCUs get part of the mm -hmm. profits as well. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yep. Incredible. Everything is in alignment, okay? You you just feel good. It's one of those things you buy that you're like, I feel good about like actually like this book will do good for me and for others. It's amazing. Absolutely. Okay. So when did you realize, okay, Harlem Fashion Row is doing well enough. I'm at this point where it feels okay to start a nonprofit arm. And then how did that execution happen? I started it in the middle of the pandemic and I started it because um, designers were calling me and saying that they didn't think they would be able to stay in business. And from the HFR side, we didn't have the ability to write designers checks. Like our business model okay. isn't set up that way. Um, and so because I wanted the ability to write checks, because that's mainly what Icon 360 does is we give money to designers and to HBCU fashion departments. That is why um, we started the nonprofit. It was because we really wanted to be able to give money um, 
give grants and give awards to designers and HBCU fashion departments. And so um, that process for me was working with a nonprofit specialist who helped me to fill out all the paperwork to get my 501 There's people like that? Yeah. So where, where does one find a nonprofit specialist? If if someone needs a nonprofit, the one that I work with who was fantastic, her name is, um, I can't think of her last name, is Daphne. But I'm happy to share the person who I work with. Um, DM me. I'll send you her information. And uh, we work with her. She helped get all our paperwork together. We had to, you know, first we had to start the business because Icon 3, when you do a nonprofit, it has to be a business first. So we had to start okay. it as a business, Icon 360. And then you get the 501c3 sits on the business. Um, gotcha. So we got all of that done. And then we had to come up with our bylaws. I had to come up with the board. Um, we had to come up with the mission statement. Um, and you know, kind of like what was our fiscal responsibility going to be and how we were going to manage donations so that we can communicate that to our donors. And then once we did that, we were, we were rolling. Yeah. So then it's managed underneath the umbrella of HFR. So the staff you have there. Totally separate. Oh, totally separate. Okay. So then you had, are you, who's the director of that program? Like, did you have to find someone to manage those funds and make sure that like you said, all of the fiscal responsibility, like the accountability, the accounting is reported properly um, to the board and to donors. Did you hire a separate team for that? I had to hire a separate team. So we have a okay. uh, separate legal team for that. We have a separate accounting team for Icon 360. Um, matter of fact, they emailed me this morning because we're about to get a, do a self audit. And yeah, I have to have a totally separate team for, for Icon 360. It runs totally separate from HFR. Oh, interesting. Okay. I guess I always just thought, you know, just in my own ignorance that, okay, well, it's just, you know, you have the big company and then the little over there, they're the, the people who do good over there. They sit over there and they manage those that money. <laughs> they keep, it's yeah, like that, that's no, fascinating. It's a lot, it's a lot of, um, mm. it, it's running a whole nother business. That's why I'm like, if you just want a business, just start a business because that's a nonprofit people- is not easier. It it's is not, not easy. Thank you. Thank you for because I've never done it, but I just have heard and I'm like, this doesn't this sounds just like they got the same personnel problems. You still have like management issues. Toxicity is running rampant in nonprofit in the nonprofit sector and they're getting away with it because we're a nonprofit. You're all here <laughs> because you want to do good in the world. So I can treat you like garbage because I'm, a you know, a do gooder. Like, oh, I have such a beef with the nonprofit space. Not yours, of course, I'm saying. No. Um, right. And the fact that, yes, and, and it also goes back to what you were saying about being a savvy business owner, uh, first running a business properly. And you learn, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you feel like you learned just management skills, leadership skills yeah. that have served you um, now that you have ventured into the nonprofit space with Icon 360? Absolutely. I even tell nonprofits because a lot of times they'll approach brand partnerships uh, with a one page letter and they send this letter out Mm -hmm. and they want people to give them like $50,000 from this little letter that they have. (laughs) And I'm like, you have to approach, like we approach our donors in the same way as we approach our sponsorship partners for Harlem's fashion route. Very similar. Mm -hmm. Like, 
even though you're a nonprofit, your process still needs to be very business-like. It, you mm. need to send out a proper sponsorship proposal. That's usually a 10-page document showing photos and um, giving people a peek into like what you do and the impact that you have. It it is it is very if you operate a nonprofit like a business, it will probably be really successful. But if you yeah. operate a nonprofit from kind of like a charity and you're expecting people to just like give you money, it's going to be really challenging for you to get the bigger dollars. Absolutely. And also, I mean, I, I just consider a nonprofit to be a business. Like it's just a business. It is a business. Just it's what you do with the profits is a little bit different. You know, you give yeah. them away, but you still got to pay your staff. You still got to pay your operating yeah. expenses, right? right? So it is, it is legitimately a business first. Um, what advice would you have to someone who is maybe feeling like, the and even describing how do you start a non uh, non uh, nonprofit when you start that finding a board, like even making those connections seems like a much higher bar to meet than just starting a business because any any dum dum can just like buy an LLC. <laughs> I could, I did it <laughs> on a Tuesday because I wanted to, like. But really, it's not that hard. But then to find a board and have like you said fiscal responsibility, um, how. If someone does have a legitimate, okay, I'm ready for a nonprofit, what's your advice to reach out and start to build those relationships or um, take advantage of ones you may already have to put that yeah. board together? Yeah, I always, when you look at your board, you want to look at it and go, what does, what does this nonprofit need? Right. So, mm -hmm. okay, my nonprofit needs money. Okay, who can I put on the board that can connect me to money? Uh, my nonprofit needs like a legal specialist. Who can I put on the board? Maybe it's an attorney that you put on the board. Um, I want to be able to do nonprofit events that attracts NBA players. Okay, who can I put on the board who has those relationships? So your board should be really, really strategic. And um, the way we're actually in search of an executive director right now for Icon 360. So I haven't expanded our board yet. So my goal is to expand our board, but... I don't have the bandwidth to manage those relationships. And when you have a board, you really need to be able to, you know, manage those relationships, stay in communication with them. Um, mm -hmm. And so you need a great executive director to be able to do that. Or if this is like your main thing, you need to be the one to make sure that you're constantly like managing the relationships with the people that you have on your board. That piece is like, so, so, so important. Otherwise, you get into a place where your board might kick you out, <laughs> like, you well. know, or, or your board is doing things that are not in alignment with what your original vision was. Um, so you just want to make sure that you have the person in place who can really manage and cultivate those relationships with the board members before you bring people on. But everybody who's on that board should have a clear purpose. I thought you were going to say, well, they, they don't like it, us. they can leave. But you went right for that. They could kick you out. Like they you give you them out. power. Yeah. yeah. We just Absolutely. saw that happen at OpenAI. Chat GPT yep. dude just got fired and rehired and all this crazy stuff. Um, oh, okay. I wish we had you for more time. But it sounds like you're getting into more of the space of mentorship as well to uh, what yeah. entrepreneurs, to businesswomen. Tell me, tell us, BA fam, about what you may have, even if it's not 
perfectly ready to your standard, which I know is very high. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? And, and how do you know you're ready to sort of, yeah, get more into that teacher side of what you do? Yeah. You know, again, one of the questions I get all the time is about like, how do I partner with brands? Like nonprofits want to know, how do we get a $500,000 donation from a Gap Inc.? <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. Um, I just, through the years, you pick up all these skills and then you take them for granted. And mm -hmm. I have a speaking coach who I work with and he always tells me, Brandis, you have so much to teach. Why aren't you teaching more? And finally mm -hmm. I was like, he's right. I'm going to start to teach more. And so I, um, I wrote a second book, small business, big partnerships to help nonprofits and businesses build partnerships with brands. And, um, and, and part of that is because that information, you really can't find it anywhere. Nobody's yeah. really telling you. It's kind of like uh, marketing agencies have that info and they don't really want to share it. But I always go back, Mandy, to like the Brandis in 2007. And everything mm -hmm. I do, I'm like, how do I serve her? What she mm -hmm. needed was something that didn't cost, you know, $1,000. She needed like a guide for somebody to tell her, this is how you do it. Um, and so I'm just in a place where I'm really ready to share. So I wrote this book. Um, I'm also doing a lot more like just coaching and teaching on my personal social media. And I haven't started to do one-on-one -on -one coaching yet. I'm um, not sure if I'm ready for that, but I am mm -hmm. definitely excited about sharing like all of the knowledge that I've gained over this time with other people. I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm getting older, Mandy. Maybe it's age. <laughs> Well, I'm about to say like one-on-one -on -one coaching, you don't, you don't actually have to do that at all if you don't want to. And yeah, in fact, I love it so much. That I loved speaking to women one-on-one, -on -one, but I didn't want to make that my business model as a career coach. I didn't want to make it like I need to get more women to pay me to talk to me. No, I want to create a business where I just get to do that all the time anyway. You know, yeah. so for me, it was about basically set a, you created a book, for example. Um, and for me, it was like, okay, creating uh, coaching materials, creating things that I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this in coaching sessions, but how can I copy paste exactly what I'm going to say to like 90% of people who want like our conversation will be these sort of basics. Let yep. me like put that out, create it, sell that you know, as a one-off to anyone who just wants to pick that up and go about their way. But if you want me, like Tiffany says, sauce sold separately, like I want to create a space. So I have my Mandy Moneymakers community for that, where, you know, I pop in and we have group coaching all the time. And I, if I have free time, I'll hop on Slack and answer questions there and just like be able to pour in on my own time. And it just feels, I don't know, it feels better that way. And um, yeah, but I mean, again, I feel like whenever I give advice to or just give my ideas, I feel like to add the caveat of like, that's what's worked for me. Um, well, well, now, look, now we're besties. So yeah. I'm tapping into yeah. what's working for you because maybe it'll work for me as well. Well, I'm very, very excited, whatever. And this is a thing. What, and for people like us who want to have it perfect and, you know, do it to a high, high level. I also love to hear that you're giving yourself space to figure it out. Absolutely. You know? I am. I did a hundred something free coaching calls before I decided what my business was even going to be. I was like, wow. can I, can I talk to people? Do I like it? Do they like it? Am I doing something, you know, and then just figured out the next thing and figured out the next thing. And um, yeah, I just think too many of us are expecting to have this perfect roadmap. And sometimes, and I like to hear that you too, just give yourself space to play. Just play. Like I say, everything's in beta. Mm. Everything's in beta.
So it takes the pressure off. There are two things I always tell myself. Brandis, everything's in beta. And then let's just see what happens. Do it. Let's just see what happens. Maybe it works, yeah. maybe it don't, but it takes <laughs> all the pressure off. That's my philosophy for life. That's why I'm that, that little spitfire at the Thanksgiving dinner table that's always going to cause a ruckus. I'm like, let's just ask that question and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call us problem, What chaos can I bring? I have like, it's basically like how a toddler operates, if you think oh about it. Oh, Brandis Daniel, thank you so, 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 so much for being so incredibly generous with your time, your wisdom, your thoughts. Be a fam. Please, please run and go follow Brandis on all platforms. Check out her incredible podcast, which you can see on YouTube called Fashion and Color. You can also listen to it where you're listening to Brown Ambition. Why not have a little companion yes. show, right? Have yes. a little like we can, whichever one you want to do first, we can be the appetizer. She could be the entree, whatever. Um, but Brandis, I cannot wait to follow more of what you do. Um, and I just thank you again for the thank generosity. Thank you so that you much brought. for having me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.